Hey everyone, welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series show podcast where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name is Clay McCormick and with me as always is Sean Murphy. Sean, how are you doing? Hey man, good. Uh, I'm really excited that our our first guest is actually a working pro in comics. That's true. Um, yes, we have a guest. We have a guest with us today. He was uh, uh, kind enough to donate to the uh, Kickstarter for my book, Bloody Hell, that I ran last year in the uh, tier where we uh, offered a guest spot on the Badass episode. And uh, we'd like to introduce everyone to Travis. Travis Mercer, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? It's great to be here. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, you yourself are also a comics uh, professional. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I just. Uh, I just had my first DC book come out. Um, I got a couple of pages in uh, Red Hood and the Outlaw Forty Six. So that was good. Cool. Yeah. So I'm excellent. Officially made it, I guess. Yeah. And it's also <laughs> also Batman Batman related too. Yes, so, it you is. Know, yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty lucky to get you know a Bat book right out of the gate. So I'm pretty fortunate. Yeah. So we've got two Batman artists and uh, <laughs> and me. <laughs> anyway, now, now I really, really glad feel like you, shit. Yeah, you can, it's, yeah. it's really nice that Clay is with us. Actually, thank you for joining yeah, us, Clay. No, thanks for having yeah. me on. It's just a pleasure to be here, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Travis chose the episode House and Garden, and we're uh, the two episodes we're doing today are Avatar and House and Garden. So uh, we'll take a quick break, play the little music bit for avatar and then we'll jump right in if it's all right with you guys yep cool sounds good Avatar, written by Michael Reeves, directed by Kevin Altieri. And in this one, a mystic Egyptian scroll donated to the Gotham Museum by Bruce Wayne is stolen by Ra's al Ghul, or Ra's al Ghul. And Batman and Talia must join forces to prevent the power-mad Ra's from unlocking the scroll's secret of life and death. Their quest takes them to a hidden temple deep beneath the Egyptian desert. There, the Dark Knight is forced into a terrifying battle with an ancient Egyptian sorceress. Travis, um... Are you familiar with the previous uh, Rachel Ghoul episode, The Demon's Head? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Good, because I want to talk about that specifically okay. <laughs> in reference to this one, because okay. uh, Sean and I did not really care for that one in, in uh, watching it this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This I one can... I liked a lot better. And if you don't okay. agree with this, Travis, then uh, I'm going to tell DC never to hire you. Right. Again, so. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm really going to be on the blacklist for sure. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, I watched that one not too long ago, and I remember it super fondly from mm. when I was younger because I just love the the Batman episodes where he's like globetrotting. Something about yeah. those episodes yeah. when I was younger, whether it was like the samurai ones or any time where he was outside of Gotham, I just absolutely loved. Um, and then rewatching it, it, it wasn't as good. It, it wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, uh, I don't know how you, f- how did you feel about this one compared to, uh, Demon's Head, John? Um, I liked, I really wanted to like the Indiana Jones cold opening and, uh, there's so many great sequences and animation moments. Like they, they really blew through their uh, budget. I think hiring the best studio for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you know, I my my takeaway is always I just feel so bad for uh his daughter. Just she constantly is trying <laughs> yeah. to get her these daddy these yeah. epic daddy issues, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I you know, I, I was wondering if you were gonna like this one, Sean, because this is the first time I think where Batman has fought some sort of mystical creature. Yeah. And I know that's not really your bag. No, yeah. I mean that's the thing, is uh yeah for those who don't know like i'm I'm really i try to stay away from magic um mm. and superpowers <laughs> things that you know don't exist in the real world in comics i don't know how i survived this far honestly but yeah even when <laughs> I, I was little, i was a little <laughs> curious about that myself about what sean would think towards the end of this episode because i kind yeah. of forgotten it i was like oh hmm, this should be interesting this is gonna be yeah. some good conversation it really shifts gears because the, you know, you've got this, you it opens with this great uh, silent uh, sequence in Egypt, which I yeah. thought was really cool mm-hmm, uh, yeah. with uh, a guy that seems to clearly be modeled on Peter Cushing. Cause he looks just like Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you've got this, I think the story in this one is a lot more interesting regarding the, uh, that race is kind of the thing they're chasing instead of the guy who's hanging around with Batman the whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, the relationship with Batman and Talia, I thought, was a lot more interesting. And yeah, even yeah. though I think they took a couple liberties with uh, the fact that Batman apparently loves her now, even though they didn't really cover that in the yeah. last one. But. Yeah, yeah, I, it was. I think it was a better plot for sure. It's just a matter yeah. of taste. Are you okay with yeah. Batman fighting ancient, ancient mummies or not? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it it shifts so dramatically at the end because they they don't they kind of do this ancient egypt uh, uh mythology type stuff and then when they literally do it at the end and it's not like a scooby-doo type thing where it turns out yeah. oh it's actually not magic it is just literally a, a, an egyptian god uh mm-hmm. it's very um it, it's kind of it's a little distracting but i i i really enjoyed it but it's it's a yeah. big tonal shift yeah <laughs> yeah um I was I was definitely I had written in my notes when that shift comes and just because I know that you do the other podcast clay um mm-hmm. I just wrote down uh the shining in big letters yes um yes. and I was curious <laughs> if you were thinking the exact same thing because it has that exact same beat and that exact same feel um that whole sequence with Rachel Ghoul yeah and the and the mummy getting- kissing the yeah. beautiful woman that turns out yeah. to be uh, disgusting. You know, it's funny. I actually hadn't thought of that until I, I was reading the trivia for it. Cause okay. the thing that I thought of, cause they mention it offhand that it's very similar to the shining. I, I hadn't thought of it because the thing I was thinking of is in bloody hell, the character of the uh, Norse goddess hell is, you know, half of her face is beautiful and half of her mm-hmm. face is this corpse. And so it, when they first started to do that, I thought that's what they were going for. And so my mind went immediately to that. And I was like, oh, God, every, just everyone, I'm ripping everything off. But uh, <laughs> then luckily, it just turned out to be a, a complete demon. So I'm in the clear. Yeah, but you yeah, you can make yourself you can make yourself feel better because then we can all just refer to, to Sean and the, the Lego Batman and his his gripes oh, yeah. with there. And then we can always just be like, OK, well, it's not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, had I a only rough had day. To, I had a fucking meltdown when I saw that movie. Right. <laughs> well, I, I only had to rewrite my entire concept thanks to Wonder Woman. So I guess we're both in the same boat. But oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Travis, do you do any writing as well or do you just do? Art? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't. I'm 
um, I'm a conceptor, you know, usually yeah. I, I think I work really well with writers because yeah. I can do the cool visuals and I can describe plot points and stuff like that and right. tie it in. But in terms of like themes and dialogues and stuff like that, it's just not there yet. I, yeah. you know, I'd love to do that at some point. It's just, it's just too early for me right now. Yeah. It's, it's all about the art. Yeah. I mean, how long, uh, I'm, two things. I'm curious how long you've been doing comics and I'm curious uh, what, Batman the Animated Series, if this is a show you were already a fan of and like how it influenced your work? So um, I'm a little bit older than some people think. Um, I'm 34 um, mm-hmm. and I didn't start uh, my comic work until about um, eight years ago. So I went through college and things like that, but I never went to art school. I, mm-hmm. I just drew kind of for fun. Um, and I was actually an uh, elementary school teacher. I was going to school oh, to okay. be that. And then once I... Uh, once I hit my student teaching, uh, as, as, as horrible as it sounds, it was just like, oh no, oh no, I've made a <laughs> <Sorry>. terrible mistake. <laughs> this is this is not good. But when you say I hit my student teaching, I thought you literally hit one of your students. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean they were sixth graders, so you know it was. <laughs> your words, not mine. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things where I had that realization of. Uh, man like this this is not for me and you know the new 52 had been out and i had gotten back into comics um you know scott snyder and everybody who was on fire and i was like you know uh i i kind of want to do this i i think i can so um i took a very realistic uh point of view i hired a private art tutor and started doing fine art and um, oh wow while actually doing uh like my own comic stuff so i merged that together you know i got a lot of great instruction early on from uh brett booth and we became friends and Mm -hmm. he's kind of helped me along the way my entire career and uh yeah i you know i just kind of took one small job and then it just kind of built up you know i did you know just indie indie stuff no no big publishers really small publishers um i did like a moonstone book that didn't ever come out that sucked (laughs) (laughs) um which which i think happens a lot and then you know i did a a startup publisher that ended up falling through and then i that got me into mad cave um so i did a series for mad cave publishing which is a a, you know a medium-sized publisher um Mm -hmm. and then that just took me to uh to dc that's awesome That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, it, it seems like everyone who's made it has a few stories of them being screwed over in the yeah. first five years. Yeah, you know, it's that's sort of what I've, I think it's just one of those rite of passage that sucks, but I've heard the exact same yeah. thing. Sadly. Um, yeah. But in terms of Batman, the animated series, like I said, you know, I'm I'm a little bit younger than you, Sean. Um, yeah. and, and I think maybe just a little younger than you too, Clay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we're still in that same generation. Mm. Um, um, so you guys are kind of the same age as my older brother and this was our religion. You know, <laughs> right. this, this is, this was it. This is, this is what got us into to comics and everything too. Did you watch it uh, Saturday morning or after school? It was after school. Um, yeah. I didn't catch the Saturday morning thing really until like this, this third season when they changed. Yeah. You remember like, I think it's this episode too. Um, on on TV, the intros were different, right? Because wasn't the marketing like aimed towards Batman and Robin, like towards they, like um, kind of the the movies, the the we, Schumacher movies? We actually just did. Uh, we cu- I think it's Bullet for Bullock is the mm-hmm. first one that has the different That's intro, yeah. and um, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, they changed. It's it's weird when you watch them in the order that they're presented on on uh, Amazon or on DVD because mm-hmm. they're in order of like production. Whereas mm-hmm. I think if uh, if you watch them in order of when they were aired, the ones with the different intro are or are aired later, like towards the end of yeah. uh, the season. And yeah. so you you kind of get it dis- um, split up and dispersed among the season that we're in right now. So I think the mm-hmm. first one, the first one was Bullet for Bullock, but yeah, it was definitely it changed to the Adventures of Batman and Robin, and uh, or the New Adventures yeah. or something. Yeah, something like that. And I remember like the the beginning, they they completely took out the fantastic opener and they just did cuts of like different episodes, yes. like cut together. Yeah. And the the music was different. And I just remember not liking that at all. And and these, <laughs> this was even at a point where I, I didn't mind, you know, Batman forever. You know, I was young. I was a kid. It was all cool. But I losing that intro bothered me even then mm. well yeah. there's certain things that are iconic that it's very <laughs> mm-hmm. difficult to lose like uh uh i i remember um when i went to see star trek first contact i was oh, so yeah. uh, even despite the fact that it was an amazing movie i i was really annoyed up front because they didn't just use the tng star trek theme. <laughs> yeah mm. yeah and they used <laughs> some other theme that they wrote for them which is what they always do i mean the, the right. TNG theme came from the the movie their first movie and whatnot but <laughs> Um, it's like, or like, uh, when I, when I finally got to see a Highlander movie in the theater and they didn't use the friggin' queen song, I was like, what are we even doing here? Like, what's the point? You know, I was, Clay, I, I had, was having a cigar the other day and I had some, mm-hmm. I was by myself and I had some music on and that, that song came on from queen and I'm like, man, this song is all over the place. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. This is a terrible song. Like, I really like the parts that they use for Highlander, but like the theme of it and the timing is all off. I mean, I'm not a musician, but I think that song is garbage. <laughs> yeah. The, mi- the middle of it, is, the middle of it is just all sorts of wacky weirdness. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the core at the beginning there is just a plus. Right. Yeah. It's when I listen to, uh, it's, it's the dawning of an age of Aquarius, whatever that song is. There's like tw- 90 minutes, 90 seconds of garbage before you get to the good shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. All these hippies running around. You can, you can see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of 90 minutes before you get to the good shit, uh, let's talk about so- the, the monsters. <laughs> so yeah, I, I actually, <clears throat> both of these episodes we're, t- we're going to talk about, I, I, I both, I really enjoyed them. Um, but they're they're a little weirder than usual, uh-huh. and I uh, I well I guess we kind of already covered the monsters, but the, the 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 change for me, I it was just weird enough that I was kind of going along with it, and the fact that they don't even really talk about what just happened, they just it's just like ah, well, yeah, there's monsters now, and then they, <laughs> yeah. everybody leaves, and then that's the end yeah. of the episode. Yep. I kind of found yeah. that endearing because they yeah. didn't go out of their way to try and explain what had happened and it's just like no it's it's a story yeah. about egypt and that we're doing this kind of like a uh a, a mummy movie from the 30s so there's just going to be supernatural stuff that we don't explain yeah yeah, yeah so i think recently w- oh sorry go ahead travis oh no i was just gonna say just to, to piggyback on like the not explaining things um i did actually have that moment where i i laughed when i thought about it and it was where uh you know race uses the snake and throws it at him i just yes I was just thinking, like, we're not going to explain that at all. And there's some explaining that needs to happen. For one, where was he keeping the snake? Yeah. And what what kind of maintenance do you have to 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 give for that kind of a weapon? You know, you've got to feed the snake. You got to mm-hmm. make sure that you know it's watered and stuff like that. That's just that's a lot of 
that's a lot of care for your uh, he's just, yeah. for your weapon. He's just, he's just constantly like putting rats into his back pocket. Right. <laughs> right. I think it comes out of a sheath like a sword. It's just sort of locked in there in a straight line until he pulls it out by the head. <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe something yeah. less cruel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Pete is all over that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> um, shit, what was I going to say? I forget. Clay, you go ahead and talk. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. That's all right. Uh, the, other, the other fun thing about that sequence at the end, too, is uh, Nichelle Nichols does the voice of the uh, Egyptian god. Oh, cool! Oh, and, uh, yeah, here we Trek. are back and talking about Star Trek. Good job! Yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah. And if you, I, if uh, I, one of the bits of trivia is that Nichelle Nichols, uh, David Warner, who does Rachel Gould's voice, and Brock Peters, who does uh, Lucius Fox, were all in Star Trek Six together. So that's fun. Huh? Wow. I I, I did want to talk these about face to face. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I I feel like I think that in the early days that they did, I feel like I've I've seen Mark Hamill talking about it and saying that yep. they actually got to act with each other in the same room. Um, yeah, I've heard that story from Kevin Conroy. I'm curious if they carried through with all of these actors. Yeah, I mean, if they're all I, living in L.A., it's probably a little easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's now. I honestly not to not to jump off on a tangent about stuff we haven't covered yet. I feel like the mo- the newer ones, you can feel that that's not what they're doing because all of the performances always feel really kind of stilted to me. But that's mm. neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the Simpsons guys, they do it over the phone now, which is cr- <laughs> essentially they essentially do Skype calls to re- record their vocals for the Simpsons. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. Um, I mean, with the pan- with the pandemic, it makes extra yeah a lot oh, of yeah. sense too. Oh, right? animation! I would I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big animation boom in the next year or so because I mean you can do it for the most part. That's a good call. Without yeah. having to get massive groups of people together. But, yeah, I've noticed that too. A couple of uh, shows for are spending the money on a just a brand new episode that's animated. I'm like, okay, so this is the only way they can create comp, right? You know, right. to to dig into their pockets to create decent animation. That's actually pretty interesting. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I know what I was going to say before. Oh, uh, sure. It was when Batman doesn't. No one really acknowledges it when all this crazy magic shit happens and mummies mm-hmm. are real. And I kind of did the same thing in Curse, where I have Jason Blood there, and Batman <laughs> is learning about this guy who's been in Gotham for three hundred years, and kind of doesn't. He kind of just lets it go, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has to do with um. So Clay's been helping me edit um my book plot holes, and um I've had a trouble on the uh, the narrative cone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, the best way I can describe it for myself is how how much do you really want to know about the details all around the story? Or do you want to keep it focused? You know, like right. the more focused yeah. you keep the plot, the less questions you allow. Like it's almost like a pinball. You really want to narrow where that pinball is allowed to bounce and not let the viewers really start thinking like, you know, the fact that mummies are real, doesn't that change Batman forever when, right. and the world that he's in? Like what kind of show yeah. is this? And you can touch on those things, but I like it when they sort of just get right back to how it, just sort of ignore it, acknowledge that it was weird, and then get back to Gotham and go back to fighting normal crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I've I've always felt that it's like I I, <laughs> I totally agree with you, Sean. But it's it is really weird that Batman does not bat an even bat an eye at the fact <laughs> yeah. that he's now fighting an yeah. Egyptian like death god. Yeah, um, right. And I but I guess that's kind of the only way you can handle it because the the <laughs> the that stuff is sort of incidental. Um, mm-hmm. because the meat of the story is Batman and Talia tracking down Ra's al Ghul and the stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it's cool action. And it's kind of weird and whatnot, but it's the, it's the chase, which is the meat of the story. So maybe, maybe 
too, pulling too much attention to the the monster stuff kind of yeah. takes away from that because yeah. i i did want to talk about uh, rachel ghoul a little bit because i think his usage in this not only is the performance great david warner is a slam dunk oh, every yeah. time um but i think the usage of him and talia are a lot stronger in that they are a lot more defined as to kind of what their roles are and mm-hmm. i love that uh Rachel Ghoul becomes the thing that they're chasing after and is sort of like an elusive figure instead of instead even though he's still <laughs> stepping out of the shadows after having probably had I guess had to stay there for like 14 hours waiting for them to show up <laughs> but uh he's more elusive and Talia is there as a um as a, a more of a gray zone character instead of the way she appears in the last one where she's for lack of she's essentially just a damsel in distress who's crazy in love with batman all of a sudden (laughs) yeah and that was a that was a huge switch from the first one the vertigo one because i really liked their dynamic in that one there was Mm. kind of that allure and and you know we didn't have that in this one but i think that was just because like the relationship had been established by these three episodes if you count the the demons one as as mm-hmm. one full episode you know it was almost like a, that kind of evolution it was like the cat and mouse the toying now she she wants the relationship and now like they've had their drama and this is this is where they're at in their relationship right now they're familiar um but they have a goal so it was, it's kind of backgrounded a little bit like mm-hmm. it's in it's in the background which i kind of liked because then the story could could go forward and they get you yeah. they give you some little moments with them too like mm-hmm. where it's as well as you can do like a knowing look in animation which is very hard to do yeah. um they get a couple of those across where you can kind of see their relationship kind of uh uh blurring a little bit as to what exactly they're they're after and 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 how much they're into each other which is nice hmm. yeah yeah did uh, I forget uh, the ending? Did they play uh, Lawrence of Arabia type music when Batman walks away into the desert with his uh, I, bottle I of don't, water? <laughs> I don't remember specifically, but most likely yes. Um, I love that. Earned, uh, Ubu's respect in that moment. I think so. Something? Yeah, yeah. I think he must yeah. have. Yeah, that was a yeah. that was a good moment when he throws down the uh, the the canteen. I love that. And any of the desert scenes, like it's kind of like Clay's lit by fire batman like the brown hue <laughs> i was going is to bring just that up. fantastic yes. <laughs> yes i i think uh in the in the hierarchy of different colors that they color batman fire lit <laughs> batman is definitely number one desert lit batman is number two and <laughs> it's that, way cool it's really neat and then that weird pink and red dimatap coloring is like way at the bottom i really don't <laughs> yeah what episode was that They've done it a few times. Uh, okay. I can't remember which ones. I think it was the, oh, it was the Riddler one. The Riddler the, one. Uh, virtual the reality. VR. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was stunned yeah. that you didn't like that. Yeah, I totally called that wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I just did. I don't like the color. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about in the episode itself, uh what uh, I I liked the, oh, the use of devices. Like, you know, when they always kind of come up with, with something. I remember liking it when I was younger like the how he gets out of the trap it was that the the secret door finder and i only just oh, remember right. it i remember it just because like i remember my dad using a stud finder for the first time <laughs> and it was like oh my gosh that's what batman used to, to find it how long <laughs> like it's, it's the how same long did thing it, how long did it take him because this is something that everyone who uses a stud finder has to do 
<laughs> How long did it take him to <laughs> yeah. put it on himself and go boop, 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 boop? Yep. <laughs> Um, and con- yeah. conveniently, it blows the glass completely <laughs> outward too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I noticed that too. Like, I did. That, I, I did really like that uh, device, though, because uh-huh, yeah, it was it, cool. Uh, it was cool. It's 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 a. Uh, they find more than one use for it. It's not just a. Uh, we need to have a thing Batman has for a plot thing once. Right. It actually has a double usage, so it seems a little bit less gratuitous. It had yeah. a little bit more of the MacGyver ish to it you know what i mean because the device was used for something and then he macgyvers it for something else yeah also he he put he tears up his pockets oh, yeah. to put stuff in their ears yeah i think any other show or movie uh talia ends up ripping her shirt or something you know yeah <laughs> yeah i can tell you what i don't want to draw in this episode is the uh the saggy mummy with her with her drippy <laughs> boobs. <laughs> I suppose that's how you would look if you were that old and coming back to life. But yeah, I'm not sure what I would do with that. I'm surprised only, how carefully they animated that. <laughs> yeah, only you only it's that's in your contracts, right? You only draw perky boobs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always shrink my boobs down because I don't want to get in trouble and get yelled at for right. you know being too male gazy or whatever the accusation yeah. is. Just make them all saggy. That'll cover you. That's inclusive, Sean. Yeah, yeah sorry. <clears throat> I had a friend who was doing uh uh he was a comic book artist. I won't say his name, but he was doing a, a series of really thick women, uh, <laughs> with like large ankles and you know just cartoony and in strange proportions. Really cool and beautiful. Like you don't see mm-hmm. a lot of uh men like going out and pushing boundaries. Like traditionally in comics, we stick with like classic beauty whatever that means you know yeah. sure um so he started putting these things out he started getting all this hate like why we don't need to see your fat women what are you doing drawing this way and i, I always felt really bad for the guy for getting his hand slapped for drawing the wrong kind of women and i don't even know who who that triggered because this was before yeah. you know yeah. trump and this is before everyone hated each other i don't even know which side that was coming from <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't know that's that's a, no, interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a you, question. Yeah, you think too. he was? That was. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, um, I, it was just on the the visuals too, and um, like I I love the the clothing style in this. Um, yeah. you know they've got like the rocketeer pants going, but you know <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. had to think about it. Uh, how are those pants made? Like I know how to draw them, but like how do they flare <laughs> out like that? Are they just starched? Is there like a like a you know like the the dresses with the uh, with the the metal lining like right. that has like like how do they do that i i guess i'd never thought about it until now i have no idea and i also have i've never understood what they're for it's their, yeah. their riding pants for getting onto a horse yeah uh, that's where your knees would slide in those are riding pants oh so it gives oh. your it gives your knees move uh room to move around inside the pants yeah i mean you saw oh. um i remember german nazis because i've drawn enough that a lot of them rode riding pants I don't know if it's for when they got on a motorcycle or if it was more comfortable, but I think those are traditionally riding pants and they are just designed in a way that gives your knees more comfort, I guess. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure like if you were wearing the pants in a, in the windstorm, those side things would just flap around. Like there's no structure holding okay. them out. It's just the cloth. Gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not designed specifically for aerodynamics when you are yourself wearing a Rocketeer rocket pack. <laughs> In fact, it's got to be the worst thing to wear as the Rocketeer. You know, <laughs> like the jacket at least is slick, form-fitting, and offers some kind of protection. Um, well, unless unless the Rocketeer version 
is actually like a firm thing. And then you've got like wings built into your legs that you can maybe help, you know, make yourself more aerodynamic. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is one Mythbusters they forgot to test was uh, is the Rocketeers riding pants really necessary <laughs> yeah. or way to slow them down? <laughs> yeah, it's because the jetpacks kept blowing up and killing people. That's true. You hope they're at least fireproof, seeing as how the tests <laughs> went in Rocketeer. <laughs> uh, Travis, what would you uh, want to draw in this episode? Um, well, I had I had a couple things uh, written down. Um, you know, of course, any of the scenes of Batman in the desert, not just because it's easy, but um, that would mm-hmm. rely, like we talked about, on the colorist. But um, some of those shots would be really cool, especially if you do like the backlit. So you're, you know, the yeah. the front is is all in shadow, but then you get those really vibrant brown colors. is very cool. But I also thought about like um, just redoing the sequence with the. Uh, the mummy in terms of like the sludge um instead of just using the sludge i thought it would be kind of cool if the sludge kind of um pooled out on the on the floor and then um kind of materialized with the bones so they had structure so they became almost like bone zombies but you could see the sludge inside of them like they fill them out kind of like those old toys you know when you'd fill things with slime yeah, and it would kind yeah. of ooze out. Like that's that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like that would Clay's be... favorite toys. He hated those. He loved those disgusting toys that I hated. <laughs> that you could use once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the shit turns into like hard plastic, and you can't yeah. really use them again. I, I think in this season because these haven't been released, all of them released yet. Twice we bring up the T1000 figure or the T800 figure from Terminator, oh, right. and you just <laughs> pull like a, a flesh filling, and then the minute you bend it, it's arm. The the thing just dis- dissolves basically. Dissolves. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, something um, like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I was also thinking I'd like to draw that final sequence with the uh the the monster. You put a lot more thought into it than I did. I just think the, the monster was cool. Um and I, I I've never I've never drawn um I've never done a story that features like Egyptian iconography like that, so I think mm-hmm. getting into some of that stuff would be would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I was gonna say the opening. I love the silent opening. I mean, this this must have come mm. out right after Stargate, and so there was sort of like a a uh, ancient Egyptian stuff got hot again in the nineties yeah. with uh, the mummy and uh, Stargate and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I've never really drew... no no. I take it back. Actually, I did draw Egyptian stuff at least once. Um, I think it was in Chrononauts or American Vampire. They've discovered some giant tomb of a monster mm-hmm. okay american vampire because it was a, literally a monster thing that was buried nice. <laughs> um yeah and like I, honestly as a kid i never really liked egyptian stuff i hated learning about it because i'm like who cares it's a fucking desert it's like i don't want to be there this is boring i don't care what kind of weight this culture gave us and the fact that they built these things so well it's a pile of rocks everybody calm down um however in hindsight i do appreciate all that stuff and i, I would like to draw an egyptian things so i always forget gonna... that sean was the cool guy in school <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean like yeah, he was, I don't he know was the popular was kid you know what i mean while all of us were like oh this is really cool <laughs> um you know the one thing i did want to say uh that i would change in this i think is um when they come out after they uh defeat the monster there and uh rachel ghoul is is all emaciated and old I he it, as it plays he magically turns back into Rachel Ghoul yeah. Prime. Yeah. I would have kept him old and used that also as a motivation for Talia to ditch Batman and save her dad. Because as mm-hmm. it stands, he's just tied up and you know which is fine. 
but it, it's it's not having him be on the brink of death and her making the choice to to ditch Batman so she can bring him to a Lazarus pit or something. I think is a little bit weightier of a choice for her, yeah. but um, yeah. it's not it's yeah. not a big deal. No, I, I I think you're right because I even had a note about like that animation was just like when I just kind of put like a question mark in the time because the animation was very strange where it just kind of like was that old style where it was a couple of frames and then he was back to normal. Right. And um, right. I just didn't know oh, if it was yeah. necessary. Yeah. 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 It's interesting that they, they chose to do that and take out that story element, but <laughs> um, what would you uh, Travis, as you probably know, we, we generally rate these arbitrarily from one to five. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, what would you, what would you rate this one? You know, I really liked it. So I, I'm going to probably go high three, like maybe not quite a four, um, but definitely in the high threes because it's very solid. Yeah. Yeah. I, Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go high three. Yeah, no, I was not quite on the a four fence. for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I was on the fence. I was very I think I'm probably in the same boat as you guys because I was I was very much leaning towards a four just based on. The, that opening sequence and the stuff with Talia and as, as goofy as it is, the stuff at the end. But yeah, there's something there's a lit there's it's just missing that like little bit extra to put it over the top for me to be a, like a yeah. solid four. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think that's going to do it for Avatar. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with House and Garden. House and Garden, written by Paul Dini, directed by Boyd Kirkland. And in this one, not only has Poison Ivy been released from Arkham Asylum, but she's also married to her doctor and settled down to help him raise his two sons. It would appear that Ivy has gone straight and that her old days as a criminal are over, but wealthy bachelors are being struck down by an unknown toxin, leaving Batman to question Ivy's innocence. Um, Travis, this is the one that you specifically chose. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, why don't you give us a rundown of, of why you picked this one? Um, it was just one of those ones that, um, really stuck with me as a kid, mostly because like it was, it was a, even as a young kid, I knew that this one was a little bit different in terms of the motivation of Ivy. It felt mm. different. There was a little bit more weight to this one on the emotional spectrum. And it was also very creepy. Like the 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 young seedling babies always kind of stuck yeah. with me. It was it was pretty disturbing. It made you feel uneasy. Even I think as an adult, as a kid, it was just it was very um, emotionally next level uh, compared to some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sean, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, this one always creeps me out, and I, the the title is so blasé, and I always forget this one goes really dark. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, there's a lot of questions I have, like how they knew they had to uh, animate these babies that are newborn, make them naked, not give them sexual organs, and then have yeah. them grow up and then get killed immediately. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, granted, it's green blood or whatever. It's just like, whoa, I, mean, I would have loved to see standards and practices look at this and be like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You know, yep. <laughs> that's okay. They're plant babies. You can totally kill them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have to, I, it almost feels like this, the genesis of this one was Paul Dini seeing a cabbage batch kid toy and being like, this is the creepiest <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what, where do these yeah. things even come from and what are they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't remember this episode at all 
this we're kind of in the pocket of episodes where I don't it must have been they must have been airing at a time where I I wasn't really watching it as much because I don't remember a lot of these ones from first run and mm-hmm. uh I yeah I was surprised by this one for the same reason Sean because I I the episode uh, the title is is really uh middling um <laughs> yeah and but it goes really dark mm-hmm. uh after it's it's strange because it's a fairly normal episode that isn't super interesting until the last 10 minutes or so. So right around mm-hmm. the halfway point, it just kind of switches over and uh, it turns into a, a really, really affecting episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They spend a lot of time. Batman spends a lot of time tracking down a lead that seemingly goes nowhere. You know, yeah. he's looking at Ivy and he's with Gordon. And then he's trying to check up on her later. And he's he finally is like convinced halfway through. Where he and her have this moment where they're like, you know, glad you're better. She's like, thanks. And he, whatever the hell happens. Uh, and then he realizes through Robin's clue that, uh, oh, there actually is something going on there. But it's amazing to me. Like, as a writer, I don't know if I would risk having him <clears throat> investigate for so much for half the episode and yeah. not have it go anywhere, really. I mean, it ends yeah. up being a payoff. But still, you're asking readers to, like, sit there for 15 minutes while he's just dicking around with a, binoculars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because this there's this weird thread that uh, you get through some of these Batman episodes, and I feel like you get it in Batman Returns as well, where um, Batman always Batman does not assume that anyone can legitimately go straight, and he's always right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like he he always believes that the bad guy is always behind it, and it always turns out to be the case. Um, <laughs> but what I like about this one is. <laughs> unlike unlike the penguin one where the penguin tries to go straight that one didn't wasn't really doing it for me uh because he was like so he wasn't really committed to the bit so to speak this one i really like it because ivy's a, ivy's attempt to go straight is legitimate it's mm-hmm. just through the twisted lens of a supervillain yeah. So yeah. she's not like giving up all, everything she knows in order to try and uh, live a, a, a good life. She's trying to shortcut her way into a good life, so then she can kind of like get out of get out of the business. But she's still going to take a uh, um, an, an evil, for lack of a better term, way to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, she. I mean, the crime that she committed, I guess you could say, is kidnapping. And then Mm -hmm. um, some kind of assault because she extracted his DNA. Uh, But it's not like she had a grand plan to like take over Gotham. She really was just doing this to have a family in her own fucked up way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because even the robberies, don't they suggest that, you know, she was just pretty much funding her own little lab down there and that was it? Like that's what the robberies were for? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that idea that, you know, if you're a criminal... And you want to get out of the game. Well, I need to pull one more job before I get out of the game. It's like, okay, or you could get out of the game and not do any more crime, (laughs) not, not do another crime to try and finance your, your move into not doing crime. It's kind of counterintuitive, (laughs) counterproductive. Um, But yeah, I I like that they give her, even though she's still (sighs) the bad guy and still objectively doing the wrong thing they still uh, attach that element of pathos to her because she is actually trying to just be her own person and, and, and get out of everybody's way. Yeah. 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 You know, this one to me is like, um, it's not as good as heart of ice, obviously, but 
it's almost like a heart of ice episode that's tuned to ivy in yeah. a way mm-hmm. yeah you i know agree. like she's a villain but she's sort of doing it for for reasons of family you yeah. know and it just makes her more it's, it's sort of you want to you want to believe in her in a way you know yeah and yeah, it definitely. affects you just like heart of ice i think just in a different part of the emotional spectrum yeah. like you're you're not as like you don't feel as sorry for her yeah. as you do for Mr. Freeze, but you your your emotions are hit with just that creepiness of like, ooh. Yeah. And right. it, what she's setting up is like that's why the ending is so um startling and so much horror there is because you know, the episode's called House and Garden. A lot of it is Batman in, in a garden and you know, Ivy seems fine and things are sweet. Um, until they're suddenly not. And that sharp reversal is really what makes you go like, Whoa, oh my God. Like, not only is she lying to herself, but she's actually doing some pretty horrific things here. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a note that I had just like, not a criticism, but just something, sure. I guess, if I was writing or talking to a writer, um, it kind of the the surprise that you know batman knew nothing about what happened to ivy not even that she was released or married oh, or yeah. anything it, yeah. it got me thinking point. like does gotham not have like a buzzfeed or a tmz because you think <laughs> that they would be covering these people like nothing like like this week on gnz ivy's released and married you know <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Batman is so like Gordon is explaining things to Batman that Batman should know. Yeah. And I'm not sure well, why I mean, they decided to go that he way. He was in he was in Egypt fighting a, a mummy god, so I guess he was kind of out of the loop. <laughs> yeah. Um He shows yeah, up, yeah. he's got a little bit of sand on his cave, he's like, sorry, I was out of town. What's going on? I, who, who, I, now what? <laughs> it's it was a fourteen hour flight. I haven't slept yet. I'm sorry. Um yeah, it's it's interesting because they it, it's the, this is the kind of story that that they've done before, but they do the changes. They shift the entryway for Batman into the story because usually what what it, what this is is the, uh, the the bad guy gets released from from Arkham, mm-hmm. and Batman's on their case from minute one, being like, right. "I'm I know you're going to go back to crime. I'm just waiting for to to be proven right." Whereas, right. yeah, this one, he's, for whatever reason, he's out of the loop to to a point where I don't even know how much time has passed. It has to have been a while if, if yeah. you know, if you take the kids into consideration, too, and like, and just, you know, the they've got the wedding photos and the house. I assume that they've moved into a new house because, you know, mm-hmm. the boys were actually girls. So I assume that they had to be moved to a new neighborhood that nobody knew him or her or anything like that. You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff takes time, I would assume. Yeah. And apparently, apparently Commissioner Gordon must have gotten an invite to the wedding or something because <laughs> he's talking about her being married as though it's like oh, a, a, fe- a colleague from work or so. Oh, you didn't hear that <laughs> yeah. Carol just got married. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Batman? Now that I think about it, you weren't there. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, neither you know, was Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and in the same in the same realm too. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's that that establishing shot that comes where they're walking up to the house and they show the Batmobile, but yes. Gordon's <laughs> car was not there. So does that mean that they drove yeah. together? <laughs> like, tell me like, about that. Yeah. yeah, tell me about that awkward ride where right. he's like, "Wow, this thing's it's nice." you to finally drive me somewhere batman but uh could we do this at night i mean i feel like we kind of stand out yeah batman i'm sorry technically her house is out of my jurisdiction so i can't take a company car if you, <laughs> if i could get a ride with you that would be great 
Batman and it's also he, I think he'd just be giving Gordon like the silent treatment for not getting the invite to the wedding. Like, yeah, oh, well, that does, was really uh, good time. Huh? Like being very passive aggressive. <laughs> he does that thing immediately from from Batman eighty nine where he turns the light on that shines into his. Yeah. Face. <laughs> he's like, what? The-? It's like it's on for like thirty minutes for the whole drive. He's like, God damn it, Batman! Like, I swore I won't look to the left. Just shut that damn thing off. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I also love that uh, that shot of the Batmobile parked outside. It's just like the Batmobile parked in like a cul-de-sac of a neighborhood yep. in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the day. They, I, the scene where they're talking to her at the house, I, I was thinking, I was like, man, this could have looked really goofy having Batman in the middle of the day just hanging out in someone's living room while Poison Ivy and yeah. Commissioner Gordon like have coffee. But uh, um, they managed to to color it and 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 light it in a way where it it doesn't seem out of place for him to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where like the the simplified version, and I think you guys have talked about it before, of like your perfect Batman. This is one of those mm. times where that is really important because like Nolan's Batman, you like you couldn't put him in there. Oh, you God, couldn't put, yes. you know what I mean? Like it just <laughs> it just doesn't work. But then yeah. you get the the full shadows going on mm-hmm. batman the backlit from the sun like it just works because he doesn't look too out of place yeah yeah well you yeah, know that's this would have worked in a schumacher movie if uh pamela isley lived in a house that was like with strobe lights and a dance party going on <laughs> yeah that's true. totally have batman just standing there <laughs> yeah but travis you, you bring up a good point about about the design of batman and 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 how uh, the the more you complicate his uniform, the mm-hmm. um, oddly enough, the less believable it becomes yeah. to a certain extent. Because then the more you st- the more things that are on him and like technical pieces and 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 whatnot, the more you start thinking about that stuff existing mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, and and he becomes less of like a shadow. Whereas when you've got like the animated series version or the the Burton Batman, where he's so heavily built out of shadows and shapes and stuff yeah it's a it's a lot more believable uh to have him present in certain spaces yeah because yeah just the 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 image Mm. of of christian bale in the 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 chris (laughs) nolan batman suit in a living room is just absurd like (laughs) even even in dark knight when he shows up at that party to beat up the joker yeah kind of weird he's kind of weird yeah you're right (laughs) yeah yeah and maybe even it goes into comic artists too. Like I, I, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm starting to think. Like I think Sean's would work in a situation like that, especially with with uh, the specific lighting would be great. You know, Capullo could pull that off. I think when mm-hmm. they have like a little bit more of that Tim and simplistic design. But you yeah. know, I can't remember the the name. Help me out here. The artist that did Batman Noel. Oh uh, no, oh. Azarello. Yeah, no, Azarello. No, like, uh, Lee Bermejo. Lee Bermejo, That's, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so, so, and, you know, he's got that fantastic designed costume, but it's, you know, it's very detailed. I, right, I couldn't yeah. see something like that working in this scenario. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think the, yeah. if I was going to draw this scene, I'd say, well, maybe they're not meeting in a well-lit living room. Unless yeah. the lights are off and there's a thunderstorm outside. Right. Um, why not put it in the, um, in her gardens underneath, you know, one of those. Yeah. Yeah, like he's standing up in a tree, kind of hidden, still dramatic. Yeah. And for that matter, I would just have him meet Gordon there, and Gordon yeah. can talk to her while Batman is just watching. Like, why would he show? Why would he need to let her know that he's there as well? Yeah, he played. There is that great shot. That point is weird. 
um, of Batman in the tree with the binoculars, there's that fantastic shot. You could you could totally good, yeah. see that as a splash page, you know. Um, yeah. And the, the lighting's <laughs> a little strange, but it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was that was him as George McFly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a moment where Batman is choosing to absolutely not be subtle about the fact that he's no. watching you. <laughs> like I'm gonna stand full figure with my cape blowing in the wind binoculars staring directly at you just so you know that i'm watching you yeah but you know yeah. as an artist though that wouldn't you just choose to make him stand that way because oh, it's cooler course. looking yeah, you're more likely great. to yeah. sell the page yeah <laughs> of absolutely. course you know but then then you just go to the colorist and you just say oh it's actually like twilight and yeah. <laughs> you know i mean it, oh, it's right. a really easy yeah. fix on that part yeah. um but the yeah. way that the matte painting in the background is you know the way it's painted over with the blue it's just kind of like oh <laughs> there he is yep yeah. yep <laughs> um speaking of design how did you guys feel about the uh, cactus monster? Uh, <laughs> I have some thoughts. Like, I really yeah. like the neck veins and like the teeth are very interesting because it stands out. But what the hell is going on with the with the the round hands? Mm. Yeah, cactus it's hands, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they his pause. He, he kind of yeah pause. I guess more more yeah. accurately. Yeah, he kind of looks like it, it's like they made this this hulk character he's yeah. constantly constipated or something yes <laughs> yeah a very odd choice well even in that first opening scene there's a sequence and like i was trying to picture it as if i was going to panel it out and it's where he you know he takes out the guy with the he robs the guy with the mustache and there's that scene mm-hmm. where he like raises his arm but then the guy bends over forward and i was like well what the hell did he do to him like he didn't just slap him. Did he cut him? It, the The sequence is so unclear yeah. of like what he actually does to that guy because he doesn't fall correctly or like he doesn't react mm. in any way that the hand would actually make sense. So yeah. I just that was a little jarring. Yeah, and the uh, the 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 striking motion is a little bit strange because it's yeah. this, such this weird bulbous paw that also has claws on it. Yeah. So you're never totally sure exactly, yeah, exactly what happened to the guy who got hit, whether or not they're yeah. dead now or if they're just <laughs> knocked out and covered in cactus juice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they are so distinct, though, that whenever I see them, I'm like, oh, yeah, those the, the tiny, you know, mouths being stretched to the side with veins. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a very unique look and uh, it does stand out. So I think it does its job. How yeah, yeah, have they does... not? I was just saying, how how have they not done a action figure set of one of those and Poison Ivy? They've done so many yeah. other characters from that show. Yeah. yeah, that would. I feel like that would be a slam dunk to do a Poison Ivy figure that comes yeah. with the big yeah. hulking guy. They, yeah, I mean, they did Rosie, Roxy Rocket, who was only right. in an episode and a half, basically, and they gave yeah. her yeah. The, the rocket car thing too like that's yeah. not a, that, that's an expensive set to produce you know like, yeah. i feel like poison ivy gets a lot more airtime and maybe yeah. something with her would make more sense you know yeah, yeah once absolutely. i saw that i was like oh are we getting a like a nightwing or a robin on the motorcycle like you know kind of like the old right. wind-up ones but like a newer detailed one because that would be awesome and it never came yeah yeah, no. <laughs> yeah i think she also to... wore riding pants by the way <laughs> yeah yeah she totally did yeah you're right <laughs> Those yeah, are gardening pants, Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh, what, sorry. What would you guys uh, draw in this one? Well, I was going to... Uh, this is probably something I'd want to draw, because I, I would I would want to draw... I, I would want to draw the weird, creepy 
plant babies. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Like I that whole sequence in the lab. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> However, also, Bat Jetski was pretty awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <about> that. <laughs> yeah. He does like the jet ski wheelie up under the dock and just like jets his way into the monster. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jet skis are pretty easy to draw. I've never drawn one. Have you guys? I don't uh-uh. think I have. No. It would it would just have to be like the I guess just just like a motorcycle like the body of it too where you just have to bend the light correctly yeah. to kind of give it that the the curvature the right curvature I guess but you don't want the bottom you could hide it in the water pretty easily right yeah, so, yeah. so you really only have to draw, yeah exactly yeah, yeah just I think drawing just a splash. good jet ski you need to draw good water I think is probably the only hope yeah there. <laughs> I was gonna say if you splash enough water you don't really have to draw much of the machine. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Clay. Yeah. I, like a lot of artists yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I would definitely be the one that pulls the camera in real close towards the water. So, uh, so Sean would look yeah. through that and be like, what a dick. <laughs> yeah. That's half work day. All right. I get yeah. it. You only wanted to work till noon. You yep. just close, sure. you do a close up of the hands on the handlebars and write Kawasaki jet ski on the, on the front <laughs> yeah. of it. And then your yeah. job's done. Yeah, well, you know the my, the trick with drawing craft like this is it's so bulbous and round. Like the shape of a jet ski is not anything impressive. Like it's just like a a blob that's pointed at one end. You know, right, right. Um, I was I started to go off on a tangent. I was watching The Matrix the other day, and uh, the Evercanezer. Do you remember what that ship looks like? The is that the the ship yeah. that he's that on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I do not remember you don't. at all. You're right. Yeah. It looks like a dog bone, right? Like. It's not like even it's like, that. Like it has those glowing discs that can move around the ship completely, but it's basically like a weird yeah. blob shape. Like it's uh, all the amazing, amazing things in that movie. That design of the Ever Can Ever is terrible. That's, yeah, I <laughs> um, guess I, never, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like by drawing machines that are blob-like or just more organic shape, I guess I should say, is like always really tricky. Like if you ever tried to draw the Batman Beyond Bat Bat Batmobile, that thing that looks like two sperm cells attached in the middle. I mean, it's kind of really funky. It's, it's, there's no right or way wrong. It's either the easiest car you're ever going to draw. Or for me, it's like, but how does it make, this doesn't make sense. Like what kind of teardrop shape am I looking at now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's I, almost harder I find, in a way. I, yeah, yeah. I find that organic stuff, the more organic machines easier to draw from the first angle that you, that you design them at. Yeah. But the minute you try to spin them, it's like, Oh shit. I have yep. no idea how this stuff works yeah. at, at all <laughs> yeah yeah some artists yeah. you can tell like great job on panel one where you really drew that spaceship and in panel six you have no idea how that ship actually yeah. works do you yeah. I, it's like <laughs> yeah. totally wrong. i was uh <laughs> i was doing a uh the, the book i did a few years ago redline i had to design this like mechs <laughs> mech suit that soldiers wore and yeah. i had designed this helmet that i had specifically wanted to make this sort of like bulky uh, really back heavy helmet that was sort of impractical because it was like a government design kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I, des- and I designed this sort of like weird elongated shape helmet thing. And then I realized, oh, crap, I don't know how this works from the front. If you draw from the front, it's really boring and flat looking. And so every yeah. and, and 90 yeah. percent of the time I was drawing, it was from the front. I was never really drawing side profile shots of this thing. So I kind of yeah. backed myself into a corner design wise. Yeah. Honestly, like the Rocketeer helmet, it really should be drawn from the side in order to make sense. If you draw <laughs> the Rocketeer looking directly at the camera, it sucks. You you should always yeah. tilt his head. And I have a character like that in plot holes where 
I always set the camera next to him sideways because his helmet looks so great from the side. It looks like shit from the front. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Just going to hide that, you know? <laughs> or Wolverine's uh, uh, weird headpiece things. Like, it oh, works yeah. great from the front. But from the yeah. side, it's like, what? Sides. I have no idea what to, how to bend this. What? <laughs> yeah. 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 And his boots. I've always, his boots from the any boots. angle other than the yeah. front. It's like, I, you're on your own. Yeah. Um, Travis, <laughs> what would you, what would you draw for this one? Um, just pretty much to piggyback off of what you said, you know, the creepy babies has to be the, the thing that I would do, especially when they kind of have that angry look and it looks like they're trying to get out of their pods yes. and yes. you know, the, the vines are kind of going around cause you could even do that around her too. You could put her in the, as the, the focal point and then have the babies kind of surrounding her. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I also, <laughs> I also was thinking, I mean, I know it's a cartoon for kids, but if I were to draw those babies, I would draw them a lot more weird looking because I yeah. was that first moment where you, that you hear the voice coming out of that like blob of of uh, plant matter. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, man, what sort of weird David Cronenberg thing is coming out of this? But then it was just a normal looking child. So I, I think I'd probably go a little bit more uh, weird and monstrous with it. Yeah, right. But if the if the child was born weird looking, you wouldn't feel empathy as it started to transform. Like seeing it as a seemingly normal baby, and then mm-hmm. seeing it, tra- it makes it even more horrible. I think. Have yeah. you seen newborn babies? They're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have empathy. You don't have empathy with a brand newborn baby. Wow, they're, they're disgusting. They're monsters. Oh man, <laughs> Clay's gonna get some tweets. Uh, <laughs> I know, Travis. Do you have kids, Travis? I don't. You don't. Neither do I. No. I guess this is why all of us are okay with yeah, this. Yeah, we're okay with this. This is this is funny, guys. Yeah. Uh, what would you draw, Sean? You know, I was going to answer. My I had a boring answer, which was uh, I actually like drawing plants and shrubbery. So I was going to th- say like Batman and you know the greenhouse would be cool. But I think I want to do a one page, uh, silent page of him and Gordon awkwardly driving from the police <laughs> <Yeah>. station <laughs> to the suburbs. <laughs> At one point, Gordon like tries to turn on the radio, and Batman turns it off. Right, it doesn't even say anything. <laughs> yes, the worst road trip. <laughs> like, are we there yet? <laughs> yeah, I bet there was probably a lot of awkward pauses in that drive. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was one thing that I noticed that that this episode did that didn't have anything to do with poison ivy, but that they'd never done before in terms of what I thought of as uh, with Robin. Um, you know, aside from Robin's reckoning, um, hmm. he's pretty much just a kid, even though he's supposed to be in college, he still kind of acts like that 15, 14 year old, but this sure. was the first time they ever depicted him as like being interested in girls and is suggested that he's kind of a ladies man. Um, when he's in the, yeah. when he's in the dorm room, that's never been played up at all. And I, was, I, I thought that was interesting because that's kind of like his, the, the evolution of his Nightwing character. So it was just yes. kind of interesting yeah. to see that in particular. Yeah. I was, I was kind of hoping that she was going to be like, I know why you really asked me here. And it's like, no, legitimately to study. There's, I have yeah. no ulterior <laughs> yeah. motive. Yeah. A little bit of the Burt Ward coming out. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah. 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 What else would God, I be? Why does this always happen when I hang out with girls one-on-one? They always come on to me. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I brought, I brought all these books for a reason. I've got finals. Yeah. <laughs> I made that very clear. Yeah. Um, um, this is, I think I read somewhere that when they, they set up that scene to show that Batman's bullshit is getting in the way of Dick at sure, this point. Sure. Like every other yeah. time we've seen him, Literally. he's happily been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's um, 
Dick has always been on board with Batman's adventures, but this is the first time where he's like, really right now? Oh, I'm kind of trying to get laid, dude. <laughs> and I, I think they set it up so that they could have more of a falling out later on. Yeah. But I think this Bat is where that falling out begins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they also, uh, background stuff. They, in, uh, in poison Ivy's, um, scrapbook there she's got a bunch of pictures oh, the of harley, harley. Yeah. yeah yeah so they're, that they're was continuing a nice that yeah yeah they're continuing that stuff which is fun yeah yeah that's yeah. got to be Deanie's influence because i i'm oh, guessing he always yeah. pushes that yeah. stuff yeah that's i great. really liked that too that small little moment that was cool to see those pictures yeah yeah but, sean what would you uh rate this episode i'm gonna go off oof. i you know the second half i think is a four but I got, i'm gonna go four on the whole thing like yeah. a low four yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I think uh, I think it's the the back half is strong enough, despite the kind of I don't know. I, that monster is just so strange. And like the scene where he's in the back of the car and he pops up is really weird. Like how did ba- how did Bruce not realize there was a giant right. cactus man in the back seat? <laughs> Another issue of the space in the back seat. How big yeah. are these cars? Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that stuff aside, I think it's I think it's a strong enough story that I'm going to go with a four. Yeah. What about you, Travis? Yeah, I would also do four. Um, simply, you know, you guys have brought it up too. Like this is one of those ones that I might show somebody. Um, sure. Yeah. Who who oh, yeah. isn't who hasn't watched the show enough, or you know, who likes Batman, maybe knows the characters. Like maybe they know Poison Ivy. I think I would show them this to kind of tug at that little bit more of the the weird emotional part of it um, to yeah. kind of get them interested. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, this is definitely one that I could show to my wife who used to have no interest in Batman, but I forced her to yeah. watch enough of these where she starts to appreciate them at least a little bit. The next episodes step is like the, this are always key to yeah. hook, hook, hook Same, around. same. Yeah, the next, the next step is to convince her to read your Batman comics. Yeah, <laughs> only I could do that. <laughs> I kind of like uh, having a wife that doesn't give a shit about what I do. There's healthy that's separation fair. there. That's yeah, fair. yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to do it for Avatar and House and Garden. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us, listening. Thank you, Travis, for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Was, yeah, it was it was a pleasure to be here. Thanks, guys, for having me. And thank yeah, you if we so ever much. See for... you at a show or whatever. We could be cool to that. Well, if conventions ever begin again, if we ever see, yeah, you, yeah we right. All get a beer together or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And uh, thank you very much for donating to my Kickstarter. Much appreciated. Of course. And uh, yeah, uh, we will be back next time with the terrible trio and Harlequinade. Harle- mm. Harlequinade? Harlequinade? Yeah, sure. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds delicious, whatever it is. Uh, okay, thanks, guys. Talk to you, talk to you soon. Let's die!